Good morning. It's Thursday, December 2nd. I'm Shamita Basu. And I'm Duarte Geraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. On Wednesday, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a case that could change abortion access nationwide. The heart of this case rests on a Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks. That's much earlier than what Roe v. Wade established around 50 years ago. Questions from some of the newest justices suggested a willingness to side with Mississippi. Here's Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Why should this court be the arbiter rather than... Congress, the state legislatures, state Supreme Courts, the people being able to uh, resolve this. Justice Sonia Sotomayor questioned whether going against decades of precedent would damage the court's reputation. Will this institution survive the stench that this creates in the public perception that the Constitution and its reading are just political acts? A decision is expected by summer. But right now, the reality is in Mississippi, the state in this case, access to abortion has already been chipped away significantly over the years. And that reflects the larger story of abortion access in America. The Washington Post went to Mississippi to find out what exactly happened there. In the mid-1980s, the state had more than a dozen abortion providers. But by 2004, only one was left. Jackson Women's Health Organization That's the place at the center of this Supreme Court case. In the 1980s and 90s, violence against abortion clinics grew. There were deadly shootings, bombings. Under all that pressure, many doctors around the country quit performing abortions. Post reporter Carolyn Kitchener talked with providers about what they faced. So doctors that I've spoken to at the Mississippi Clinic, they have to come in in disguises. They have to come in in rental cars because otherwise... They're recognized by the anti-abortion protesters. They have to wear different clothes and baseball caps and wigs and things to conceal who they are. So their identity isn't spread everywhere online and they're not targeted. The state also passed some of the strictest abortion laws in the country, making it more complicated for doctors to practice. So Mississippi was one of the earliest states to go really hard on anti-abortion regulations. It was the late 80s, early 90s, when you saw things like 24-hour waiting periods. So, you know, that means you have to go in, have a meeting conversation about the abortion, and you have to come back 24 hours later, which can be um, a real hindrance for people who are coming from a long way away to get their abortions. So it's especially a problem in a rural state like Mississippi. The Post says, as abortions became more restricted in Mississippi, activists in other states dismissed it as an outlier. But local activists, the people on the ground, they say they knew what happened in Mississippi could happen elsewhere. The 15-year-old suspect accused of killing four students at a Michigan high school this week, he's going to be tried as an adult on murder, assault, and weapons charges. This attack was the deadliest school shooting since 2018. The suspect's name is Ethan Crumbly. He's pleaded not guilty. What's unusual here is that he also faces a terrorism charge, That's very rare for a school shooting. CNN has this story and explains the one count of terrorism. 
The prosecutor, Karen McDonald, says video from inside the school shows how terrified students and teachers were. She says those who were not injured physically are affected emotionally. What about all the children who ran screaming, hiding under desks? What about all the children at home right now who can't eat and can't sleep and can't imagine a world where they could ever step foot back in that school? Those are victims, too, and so are their families, and so is the community. And the charge of terrorism reflects that. Michigan's anti-terror law was enacted two decades ago after the 9-11 attacks. Here is a key piece of how it defines terrorism. It's an act, quote, intended to intimidate or coerce a civilian population or influence or affect the conduct of government or a unit of government. The criminal complaint against the suspect references this part of the law. It says the act was committed against the Oxford High School community. Terror charges in a case like this are uncommon but not unprecedented. In 2018, a Florida student was charged with terrorism after shooting and injuring another student. He later pleaded no contest to that and other charges. We have talked on this show before about how so many Americans are finding it hard to get appointments with therapists during the pandemic. Here's what one woman told KQED about how frustrating the long waits are. To tell somebody with serious, chronic, disabling depression that they can only see their therapist every five or six weeks is like telling somebody with a broken leg that they can only see their physical therapist every five or six weeks. It's not enough. It's not even close to enough. That's Greta Christina. She lives in California. Greta's story is part of a Kaiser Health News article about efforts to change things. A new law in California requires insurance companies to limit wait times for mental health care to 10 business days. But there are concerns about what impact this law is going to have. Insurance companies argue laws like this could damage the quality of care. They say wait times are longer because there just aren't enough therapists. An insurance exec suggests that one-on-one therapy for everyone who wants it may be impossible unless we reimagine the current system. The way things are now, therapists' caseloads are stretched. And insurers say the shortage has only gotten worse during the pandemic. Lawmakers question this. They say insurance firms aren't doing enough to recruit more therapists into their networks. And they also say the industry needs to improve pay and working conditions or else people won't want to enter and stay in the mental health field. A few other states have tried an approach that's similar to California's, but it's not clear that legal limits on wait times can solve a national problem. One health policy expert points out many rural areas don't have nearly enough therapists to meet demand. As for Greta, she's considered paying out of pocket so she can get more care more often. And she's waiting. The new California law can't help her until it takes effect next July. Now, a story of how a mundane group chat for some high school dudes turned into a once-in-a-lifetime locker room encounter with Super Bowl champions. It started when a freshman basketball player started a thread with his teammates, and they got this weird text back. It said, y'all meant to add me to this? You know who I am? He said he was Sean Murphy Bunting. Yes, the cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The high school boys thought somebody was just messing around with them. You know, a prank. 
But then the NFL player sends a selfie from the team's locker room. The kids told the NBC affiliate in Detroit they still didn't buy it. And everyone was just skeptical because, like, it's definitely not an NFL player, right? Murphy Bunting is from Michigan, so it checks out that he had a phone number that was kind of close to one of the Michigan boys. It was just a typo by the kid who had set up the group chat. Now, the NFL player could have just let that mistake go, you know, ignored the text, but he decided to give the boys definitive proof that it was him. Suddenly, the boys get a FaceTime call. It was Murphy Bunting, live from the Bucks locker room. He pans the phone around to show all the superstars, Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady. Now they knew this was no prank. These teens went nuts seeing the pros at work. And in fact, you should go to the story and check out. They have a screenshot of these kids getting their minds blown seeing Tom Brady there. Murphy Bunting told all of them to, quote, ball out this season. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners. We'll talk with you again tomorrow.